Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Pit Pass Moto, the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. I'm PJ Doran. I'm Dave Selecki. And this week on Pit Pass, we're going to be talking to Melissa Paris. Pit Pass Moto, of course, is sponsored by Moto America. Moto America is the home of the AMA Superbike Championship featuring 190 mile an hour superbikes, and they are the official sponsor of Pit Pass Moto. Did you know Moto America offers over $1 million in Superbike purse money? That is no joke. Viewership has exceeded $5 million already this year. It's been an incredible season. Absolutely. It was great racing this last weekend, and you can catch it all on MotoAmerica.com and Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook feeds for same. Great coverage and a great follow-up to the races if you need to you know, re-catch those main events. They do great recaps on all the popular uh, social media platforms. They have all-day racing with five classes, including Superbike, Superstock, Stock 1000, Twins Cup, Junior Cup. It's just a plethora of action, an amazing day. Get out to a race whenever you can. And if you can't, Moto America Live Plus is, it's incredible. I watched all of this weekend's action live myself. You get practice, you get qualifying, you get warm-ups. You just don't miss a wheel turned. It's amazing. It is, man. Just uh, live super bikes. That's my favorite. It airs on Fox Sports Saturday and Sunday when they have the dual events. And uh, don't miss a minute, man. It's great racing. Now, here's the latest in industry news. We had, as mentioned, Moto America was at the Ridge. And I'll quickly give the results. Race one in Superbike, Cam Bobier takes the win ahead of Matthew Skoltz and Bobby Fong on his GSXR 1000. Race two, Bobier again does the double. Gagne in second, Bobby Fong in third again. That made two podiums for Fong. The overall season points now stand with Bobier on 225, Gagne on 171, Matthew Skoltz on 149. Bobier's only missed one race win. The guy's on fire. In Super Sport, Sean Dillon Kelly came out the victor in race two ahead of Silva and Aguilar. The overall in Super Sport currently has Escalante sitting in the lead on 220 points. Sean Dillon Kelly on 190 with Brandon Posh at 132. And in the stock class, we had Melissa Paris, team rider Cam Peterson over Michael Gilbert and Corey Alexander. Those are the results from the Ridge. We also had a World Superbike race kicked off from Aragon 
In race one, Scott Redding over Chaz Davis and Jonathan Ray on his Kawasaki, the two Ducatis. In uh, Super Pole, Ray was the winner ahead of Redding and Michael Vandermark on his R1. Race two then saw Jonathan Ray on top with Chaz Davis on the podium again in second with Alvaro Bautista in third on the Honda, their best finish of the weekend. The overall in the World Superbike Series right now has Jonathan Ray in the lead at 189 points. Scott Redding is right there at 179 in second place. And we have top rack Razgatlioglu, I love his name, on 124 points in third. What happened in the off-road world, Dave? We have results from round three of AMA Outdoor Motocross from Crawfordsville, Indiana, the Ironman. It was another uh, great event. It was great to see a dry event for a change. The first two rounds at Loretta's were washouts, and uh, there was some carnage, and it affected the points, and we'll talk about that in a second. But in 450 MX, defending champ Eli Tomac comes out with first overall with a 2-1 moto finish over Marvin Muskin, who won moto one and got sixth in moto two. Third place overall, Adam Sancerillo, the rookie in the 450 outdoor class with a 3-4. Couple of hot guys coming up. Osborne, who was the one who's leading the points, finished 7-3 on the day for fifth overall. So he suffered a little bit, and that definitely impacted the points in the 450 class. So Osborne still leads. He's got the red plate with 122 points, followed by Marvin Muskin in second with 109, and Barsha in third with 96 points, but Tomac, who had a 40-point deficit going into the Ironman, picked up 13. So he's now 95 points to Osborne's 122. So it's not over. They got seven rounds. It's three rounds in, so four more to go. I wouldn't rule out Tomac. It doesn't look great, but, you know, stranger things have happened. So in the 250 class, second event in a row, Jeremy Martin wins the overall with a 2-1 moto finish over Dylan Ferrandis, who finished 1-3 for second overall, and Brandon Hartfrant with 3-4 for third overall. So the 250 class is getting a little tight. Dylan Ferrandis has got the red plate with 135 points, followed by Jeremy Martin with 131. So they're really going at it. Right behind Jeremy Martin is his brother, Alex Martin, friend of the show, who's in third place with 100 points. So just a great weekend of racing. It was good to see a decent track and have these guys go at it. So uh, we'll uh, look forward to the next round. This week's Pit Pass trivia question is, who is the first woman to have won an AMA Pro Road Race? We will be back with that answer after we talk to Melissa Paris. Welcome today to Pit Pass Moto, Melissa Paris, fabulous road racer, fabulous mother, now a fabulous technician amongst her many talents. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you for joining us again. Thanks for having me. So you guys are on the road home from the Ridge. How was your time up there? You know what? We actually had a pretty awesome weekend at Altus. I'm a mechanic for Cam Peterson and Stock 1000, and we got to come away with a win Yesterday, we got seventh place in the Superbike on a stock bike, so I'm pretty pumped on that. That's awesome. Cam Peterson's just been uh, dominating, uh, it seems, of late. So being involved with the winner is awesome. How are you finding uh, your role currently with the transition from being an active road racer, of which you were extraordinarily good? 
<laughs> thank you for that. That's really generous of you. It, you know, it's hard. Like I, I do miss racing a lot, but it's still really cool to get to be on the other side of the wrench, you know, and, and help other racers try to achieve what they're, what they're going after, you know? And for some reason I thought it would feel like less pressure, but it's, it's wild. Like every week and I'm like, Oh no, like I feel just as much pressure, maybe more like more nerves during the race. So like, that's been kind of weird to like, see, I don't know why I thought it might be easier, I guess, but it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. And you're not the only racer, even inside of your own van, that is going through this transition, much less the paddock. <laughs> so there's, they're around racers like you. You had a team behind you for quite some time. Most of us think of motorcycle racing as an individual sport. Clearly, it's a team sport. And now you're finding out very firsthand how much the team matters. Of course, you knew that when you had one behind you, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, like when I was racing, I was really lucky to work with some really, really talented mechanics and having like the right people that don't just have like the technical skill, but also that you can communicate well with is so important. Now to be on the other side of it, I think I probably have even more appreciation for how hard those guys worked for me in the past. Like I've definitely been almost like making amends to some of them recently where I'm like, oh my God, like now I know like what you're doing for me. For all the hard work it is for me now, I mean, I'm being rewarded with incredible results from Cam, you know, like he's killing it. And so I know that my guys were working just as hard and, and I never brought them national level wins like that. And it never seemed to slow them down or deter them at all. And so I think it's given me like a, a new appreciation probably for all the support I had over the years. And I don't know. It's fun. It's cool. It, it is an individual sport, but it's definitely a team sport. And I'm, I'm lucky because Cam's so appreciative. You know, he's always the first one to give me a big hug or a high five or whatever and say thank you. And it's cool. You know, like I feel really motivated to help him. Well, that's awesome. It's, it's what I think defines professional racing versus uh, call it amateur or, or just privateer racing is the team and the, and how good the team interacts. You know, it, we talk about it, the announcers at Moto America and in every form of motorcycle racing in general, talk about how the team works, makes a dramatic impact upon the performance of the individual racer. And anyone would be hard to uh, disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, you have to have so much trust between you, you know, like at the end of the day, like when we're working on Cam's bike, like that's his safety. You know, it's not just about how he's going to perform or what his results are going to be, but it's also about keeping him safe on the racetrack. It's important that we're all super invested. What about uh, the race course? That was our first time, uh, really professional Moto America going to that course. What'd you think? You know, <laughs> I don't know if my opinion as a racer would be different. I did walk the track Thursday evening and it's kind of wild. It's really different to anything else we go to. It's got a lot of elevation and blind turns and trees. And <laughs> it was just pretty wild. But from a mechanic standpoint, like seeing the bikes coming back in on the crash truck, just absolutely battered. And so many people wrote off motorcycles this weekend. That part always makes you nervous. There's just, there's not really like any gravel traps in the the dirt is like soft and it's got grass. So like you'd see like a lot of bikes, like as they'd slide, they get tumbling. And it was just like wild how many people, multiple people with broken frames and things like that. So 
you know, as a mechanic that just like every time we're on track, I'm just like, oh, Jesus, am I going to be putting this like assembling a new motorcycle in 30 minutes? You know, so it's, it's a little terrifying. Yeah, there were some big wad ups this weekend. And fortunately, uh, we're not talking about serious injuries. It was definitely in question. It was a big deal. Didn't yeah. Gagne have to rebuild his bike twice or attempt it twice? Kyle Wyman. Kyle Wyman, yeah, I'm sorry. Rode off of, yeah, rode off of V4R on Thursday, got it all back together, and then on the first turn of the first Superbike race, like, totally destroyed it again. And, you know, a couple of Junior Cup kids actually did get pretty banged up. Alexis Oliveira is getting surgery this week. She's got two broken ankles, and Gus Radio's got a broken femur. <laughs> so... It's like there was some serious carnage for the Moto America family this weekend. Do you attribute a lot of that to just the new venue that people aren't familiar with, the riders and, and teams aren't aren't really ready for? I mean, is it just that, that simple? No, I, I don't want to like overspeak because like I said, I haven't ridden it, but it sounds silly, but like something like a gravel trap can make such a big difference when you slide off of a racetrack. You know what I mean? Like when you slide into gravel, usually it just kind of acts like a big break <laughs> and slows stuff down. And it just seemed like stuff did a lot of tumbling, you know? So I'm sure like all the people in charge will see if there's any improvements that can be made for next year. I don't think it's just a bunch of people at a new racetrack because they are, you know, they're professionals, you know? It just seemed like for the same kind of tip overs, the damage seemed big. Maybe it was a coincidence, but I think at every racetrack, there's like a little bit of room for improvement. It's a cool track. I just think, you know, maybe they could make a couple of tweaks here and there just to make things a little more economically <laughs> feasible in the event of a tip over, you know? Absolutely. There was mention of it by the Moto America broadcasters during the airing of the races about they are in fact going to be resurfacing it and they were commenting it was relatively a smooth track but there were some variances in the pavement that could potentially cause some issues i didn't see anything mm -hmm. as a direct result to that i mean had you heard anything like that no not too much i mean there was like one thing like the insides of the curbs was a bit funky the way it was paved and so as a result, like where it looks like the curb end still wasn't necessarily where you would want to get your tires up against. And like our bike came in one lap and the bodywork was like all smashed just below, just below an engine case. And I was like asking Cam about it. Like, Hey man, were you like, you know, were you dragging bodywork on the left side? Like, did you notice? And, and he was like, I think I hit a curb, you know? And it was like, wow. if he had been leaned over just like a little bit more and hit a hard part, it would have been ugly, you know? That's no good at all. You guys put a lot of work into making sure stuff doesn't touch the ground in anything less than the, than a crash. So <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. that's not good. It's all stuff that it's not, I mean, I don't want to say it's like not major stuff, but I think it's all stuff that's fairly easily tidied up. You know what I mean? So it's cool coming to a new area of the country. Like it's it's nice to be able to come up here to the Pacific Northwest and like reach like a different group of fans and, you know, just honestly see another part of the country. That's awesome. So like I think everyone wants it to work. So hopefully, you know, we can just make a couple little tweaks and then come back again next year. And what was the story? Were there fans at this event or was it a uh, race race personnel only yeah it was race personnel only which is like kind of a bummer but i guess safety 
safety first. Yeah, and they're, I mean, Portland, sadly, has, has, has some other issues. They haven't posed any problems for you in your time up there, have they? They're, there's currently a fair bit of unrest on the news. Yeah, it's funny because, like, when, I, when you tell people you're coming here, like, I was talking to my dad, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we're racing near Seattle. And he's like, oh, my God, stay out of Seattle. And I'm like, well, I'm actually flying into Portland. And he's like, Portland's worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just fly in, and you get in a rental car, and then, you you know, racetracks usually aren't in the middle of a big city. So I feel like a lot of that stuff tends to stay in the in the city. So out here, it's been, you know, zero problems. It's just us and a bunch of pine trees, pretty much. It looks beautiful. I've watched all the races. I've actually got the Superbike Race 2 rolling in the background in my man cave studio <laughs> here. And it was, uh, yeah, it looks like a beautiful place. I can't wait to get up there. Yeah. It's exciting given how much, how horrible the year 2020 might otherwise be <laughs> described that Moto America got a new venue on the calendar, pulled it off, actually held a race. I mean, it just speaks really highly to the, the dedication of everyone from the top to bottom when you you agree. I mean, from Wayne yeah. Rainey on down to you guys, to the, every single person in the paddock. It's funny you say that because, like, honestly, I couldn't agree more. The Moto America, like, partners and staff, like, they're working so hard to keep our series going. Like, I know, I know how hard they're working, and to be able to pull this off is huge. So like every once in a while, like I try not to read stuff on social media, but you'll see the, like just nasty comments, people implying that Moto America is doing a bad job or, or something. It's really frustrating to me as a racer or as just anyone who's invested in this series. Cause I actually think Wayne and the rest of the partners, like they are doing a lot. They're working so hard to make this thing work in a time where, you know, racing's not, you know, it's not as popular as it once was. So I personally appreciate so much how much effort they're putting into it. And and they're smart enough to say like, okay, there's a facility in the Pacific Northwest and like that's a part of our fan base and we need to bring a race to them, you know? So let's find a way to make it work. And I respect that a lot. You know, I'm really happy. And I think that's why, even though there are a few things about the track that maybe weren't perfect on the most part, I think racers are like, okay, like let's just find a way to, tweak it and make it better you know certainly they are and they're not the first racetrack to hold an event and then find hey we need to make a couple tweaks to suit be it motorcycles or whatever form of racing the track has it'll prove their dedication the facilities if they're able to make some you know minor changes because i think you're right a couple of small tweaks and you satisfy racers. Clearly, there wasn't a mass revolt. This is completely unsafe and we can't race. I didn't see anything resembling that. No, nothing like that. <laughs> well, that's great news and congrats to you guys again. I mean, that had to have been a spectacular uh, last night when you get the win, right? Did you guys go out and celebrate big time? <laughs> no, man, I've got a two-year-old. I don't get to celebrate anymore. <laughs> We had a couple really hard weekends at the start of the year. So to be able to start turning it around these last two rounds has been huge. And I'm starting to finally be able to like relax and enjoy the process a little bit more after like some pretty hectic race weekends. So it just feels good. And now I'm starting to feel excited for the next one. But my days of getting to go out and party it up hard are long over because I've got a two and a half year old that has already had to share his mommy all weekend and is ready, ready to have her back. Yeah, he's ready to be the focus of attention again. Uh, <laughs> Dad works for in a pinch, but he's not the same. It's just not the same as mom. 
Yeah, I mean, race weekends are wild because Josh is coaching, so he's out and about all day, and I'm working, so I'm out all day. We're really lucky when we get to bring Hawk with us to the racetrack, and he loves it because all these racers are like big brothers to him, you know, Cam and and Hunter Dunham, and I mean, honestly, like all of the racers, they treat him like a little celebrity, so he for sure loves being here, but by the end of the day, he's for sure ready ready for his mommy. You guys got a long drive home. I'm, uh, it's probably a ways, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to take us a couple days to get home. And then I've got to quick do some last minute prep and maintenance on our 600 because the next time our truck heads out east, it's not going to come back before Daytona. So I've got to get our Daytona 200 bike all dialed up so Josh can go get me that Rolex that he owes me. Get that Rolex he owes you. I love hearing that. That is so awesome, Melissa. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we wrap up, I wanted to give you a chance to say thanks to any sponsors. Clearly, you're a member of a team. Are there any of your sponsors? And if there aren't, that's fine too. But we want to give you a chance to say thanks to anybody you would like to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I obviously want to say thanks to the Altus team for giving me the opportunity to come on board and work with Cam. You know, it's just a lot of my personal sponsors that I am still racing and riding when I have the opportunity. So, of course, to Mythos, Leathers, Rye Helmets, TCX Boots, Behringer Brakes, everybody else, honestly, that makes it so that when I'm not spinning wrenches, I can still get on my motorcycle and rip some laps. Yes, and you do it well. And we want to say good luck at the Daytona 200. Would love to talk to you after you get that Rolex. Sounds good. I can't wait to show it to you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. This week's Pit Pass trivia question again was, who was the first woman to win an AMA Pro road race? And the answer is Elena Myers, born November 21, 1993. She was a professional American motorcycle racer. She raced for some big-time teams, Team Hammer amongst them. She is incredibly talented racer. She has retired from racing, but, man, was she fast, and I had the great fortune to get to race against her one time in history absolutely insanely fast human being take woman out of the equation insanely fast human being dave i really enjoyed being on the track with her just an incredible talent she will be missed it's great to see women who are this fast and can embarrass guys don't you think absolutely and i've lived that life too pj i uh, had my on-track excursion against mercedes gonzalez at loretta lens and and learned pretty fast uh, <laughs> she's she was insanely fast. And there's been a lot of fast women from motocross and road racing included and uh, drag racing over the years that have just, you know, they've risen above and, and gone out and beat just about everybody. It doesn't matter. Shayna Texter comes to mind immediately, currently doing it in the American flat track. Shayna Texter on the podium routinely and a, a race winner routinely. Not, it's not a fluke. She is insanely fast on a, on a flat track bike, and she's got the perfect build. She's lightweight, she's strong as an ox, and uh, just fun to watch because she uh, you can tell the passion when she rides and when you talk to her in person. She's just one of those people that absolutely eats, sleeps, and breathes motorcycles and motorcycle racing and cares about nothing else. Absolutely. So salute to you, Elena Myers. Uh, your abilities on the racetrack will not be forgotten and were impressive. 
in upcoming motorcycle racing news. We've got MotoGP coming up shortly. That'll be September 13th weekend from Misano. They'll be doing the first round in Misano, Italy. They'll do much like other events. They're going to do a second round on September the 20th, the following week. So we'll get two events of MotoGP there in Misano. World Superbike, we have upcoming this weekend, Aragon 2. Again, same story. They just had a round at Aragon of World Superbike. They're going to stay in place and hold another event this coming weekend, September 4 through 6. And as Melissa said, Moto America's next stop is New Jersey. That'll be September 11th through the 13th. So we look forward to Moto A in New Jersey. We also have AFT, American Flat Track Racing, this long holiday weekend. There's going to be the Springfield Short Track this Friday the 4th, Springfield Miles 1 and 2 on Saturday and Sunday the 5th and 6th. So if you are a flat track fan, this is the time to be in Springfield, Illinois. Absolutely. Check it out. An outdoor motocross coming up at Redbud, Buchanan, Michigan. Typically a July 4th venue, uh, but uh, this year because of COVID, they were delayed out. But uh, September 5th, which is Saturday, they'll have the first event, and then they're doing a second event, similar to other uh, uh, race events. They're racing on September 8th, which is actually Tuesday after the holiday. So we're gonna see two Red Bud events this weekend. Look forward to them and get out and watch them. Thank you again for our guests for being with us today, and thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app where you'll get alerts when new episodes are uploaded. If you have a moment, please rate and review. We really appreciate it. It lets us know how we're doing. Make sure you're also following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and pitpassmoto.com where you can check out our all-new blog. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to Tommy Boy Haverson, Chris Bishop, our producer, Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer, Eric Coltnow. I'm PJ. And I'm Dave. We'll see you next week. Keep wheeling. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.